Welcome to More Than Motherhood, the podcast. We are your hosts, Chloe Ferrari, Kaylin Painter, and Chloe Gretsch. This is a podcast where we discuss all things motherhood and our lives outside it. We are here to remind you that you are so many beautiful things. You are more than just a mum. What an incredible week it has been. We are back here for episode one, the official episode, and the success of the pilot has made us all so, so, so incredibly excited. Can I just say, girls, we are now in the top 10 in Australia for podcasts. I love that. And just from the pilot (laughs) as well, just from the pilot, like, it's a a little bit of pressure, to be honest. I was going to say, I'm so excited, but also, Mm -hmm. I hope we don't disappoint. I mean, I, not that I think that we will, but it's a lot of pressure. It is, yeah. It's like we have like high expectations now that we've got to meet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm a bit nervous, a little bit nervous. <laughs> we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has taken the time to listen, to rate us, to follow us, to send in you know, their stories. Like we honestly cannot thank you enough. We are so appreciative of you. And thanks for coming along this journey with us. Yeah, we really, really appreciate it. And um, I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, bring it on. (laughs) Now, before we get into the topics of tonight, I just want to take a quick second to give a massive shout out to Sam. You may know her as Life with Sam on Instagram. She came back on Instagram last night after a little break to update us all and let us know that she has been struggling for a little bit and that it took her a lot to admit that to herself. First of all, before I go any further, I want to say that just because you feel like you have everything you need in life, it does not mean that you aren't entitled to feel low. Sam finishes her post with letting everyone know that she has her first psychologist appointment booked. So we just wanted to take a moment to say we are so, so proud of you and thank you for being so raw and honest on your feed. We wish you all the best and we are here every step of the way. So we're going to start this episode off with a bang and go into our most highly requested topic and that is all about sex. Let's talk about sex. Guys, wait, we were going to bring like a really cool pitch perfect acapella. Let's talk about But as you all know from the pilot, I can't sing. (laughs) And I was even going to do the little, a little bit, a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Let's talk about sex. (laughs) We need some help. (laughs) Anyways. That really, honestly, that was not planned. What was planned was a was a perfect acapella. But we're la- we're like a little bit behind each other. So when I started singing, you started singing like, a, like two seconds after me, and it just like made me lose it because it sounded like I had a little echo. But I am the echo. No, you're the main microphone, baby. We all established that I can't sing. I need the shower door to change my pitch. <laughs> my face hurts. <laughs> All right, guys, there it is. There's your big intro. Let's get into this topic. Take it away, Chloe with your sex story. Get ready for this. I'm ready. Just started dating a guy and had sex in reverse cowgirl position in the midst of both having gastro. I shat on him without realizing there was liquid (laughs) shit pouring in his belly button. I was in tears and so embarrassed. We both got into the shower and that was the first time he told me he loved me. Five years later, 
one baby together and we are still together. What a love story. That's actually really that. happy. That's a, that's a nice one. I like that. That is. Look, if you can shit on each other, you love each other. Like that's just how it is. Although that's I can't say I've shit on Luke. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's rewind back to pregnancy itself and talk about sex during pregnancy. I don't know about anyone else, but for Michael and I, sex during pregnancy was just a no-go. We both felt really awkward about it. And I think we stopped with Margot at around like 23, 24 weeks. The only time that we had sex again in Margot's pregnancy was I was like 40 weeks and four days pregnant. And you know the classic, everyone has sex to bring on the baby. (laughs) We got that so many times. Like we tried everything and it was such an awkward exchange. Like we both didn't want to do it, but we both also didn't want me to be pregnant anymore. So we soldiered through and um yeah we definitely didn't do that with Mallory's pregnancy this time because we were just like yeah that was weird that felt just strange (laughs) (laughs) oh dear um we were pretty similar Luke and I um we didn't really have sex at all the like when I was pregnant with Amara even Elena like we just didn't Mm. it wasn't a thing like I was just so over the belly and the way and like I think the only position that worked for us was doggy and then gravity like pulled the baby down and then I'd feel a move and it just wasn't, yes. it wasn't a vibe. <laughs> but um, we stopped around the, I think it was the 26 week mark because I got injured at work with Elena mm, quite I do bad. seeing this actually. Yeah. Yeah. So we stopped then because I was just in a lot of pain. Like I had a lot of pelvic issues. I had to go to a physio. I had to go to the doctor. Um, my obstetrician was like you need to like calm down I had to go on bed rest it was just a whole fucking thing like it was it was pretty shit but I mean I wasn't enjoying having sex that pregnant anyway so do you want to give everyone a rundown on what actually happened because I do remember seeing this on your Instagram story and we weren't like friends or anything at that point we were just mutuals on Instagram and I felt so (laughs) bad for you it was a pretty like shit time. So for anybody that doesn't know, I work in or worked in childcare while I was studying at uni for forensic science and law. Um, we had a child at work and we were basically listening to Elena's heartbeat on my Doppler that I brought in for the kids because they were really interested in me being pregnant. So we were I was laying on the floor and the kids were taking turns trying to find Elena's heartbeat with the monitor. And this little boy came over and he has some learning difficulties. He's the sweetest kid ever. Um, and he jumped on my stomach, like literally jumped on it. And I was in so much pain. I started crying. I was like instantly like in pain. I had to go home. And then about 10 minutes after I got home, I started bleeding and I had to go to the hospital like instantly. Um, and they quickly did like an ultrasound and it turned out, there was like not enough blood flow to the cord. There was just, there was a lot going on in the ultrasound. So I got made to walk around for about maybe 30 minutes just to double check. 
luckily for me, Elena was actually sitting on the cord. So that had nothing to do (laughs) with anything, which is good. But the pain kept continuing for days and it was bad. So I initially had to go to the hospital and it turned out I actually had done some damage to my abdominal muscles, which um, the bits that cover the baby, I don't actually remember what they're actually called. But yeah, they were protecting Elena and so I had to start physio. I My pelvis got put out from the injury. I had to stop work at 30 weeks and go on bed rest because I just couldn't do it. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I was having breakdowns daily to my boss. She'll listen to this too. So <laughs> she will know um, oh, no. how I was feeling. <laughs> it was just, it was not a good time. I'm glad that Elena's okay. That would have been so scary, honestly. In regards to Mallory's pregnancy, I really don't have much to add to that because Michael and I uh, were living in different states for majority, for the first half of Mallory's pregnancy. So that was pretty much all of our sexy time out the window because there was (laughs) not a chance that he was coming near me from 20 weeks onwards. So I moved back to South Australia with Margot when I was, I think, like five minutes pregnant. I was literally like six weeks and I didn't see him again until I was 19 weeks. So... Yeah, there was definitely no sexy time there. <laughs> At what point did you stop having sex during pregnancy, Chloe F? I recall I would have been around 32 weeks, I think, and we had sex and I actually ended up in hospital that night because I just had the most like intense pain like after, well, during sex. Like, I don't know, it just like hit different and I literally was just bawling my eyes out though and I was like oh my god something's not right he thought that he like hit the baby he's like no I felt it I felt it I I swear I felt it and um yeah spent hours in hospital like after yeah you know doing the you know like the bands around the belly like getting everything checked and like dead set thought I was in labor at 32 weeks false alarm but it was it was so scary so definitely around then you know attempted to have sex but I had a lot of back pain through pregnancy like a lot of uh what do you call it sciatic pain so that went all the way down like my leg and it was just the worst pain ever so yeah sex was extremely painful because of that and then also like yeah feeling sick all the time and tired one of the questions that I know I've been asked a lot on my personal Instagram is um how is your sex life postpartum? Like, how do you find time? How do you keep the, like, flavour alive? Well, Luke and I didn't really have much sex because we could not get into the flow of things at all with both the girls. It was really hard. Like, the first few weeks, having them 20 months apart, I didn't have time to – I didn't even have time for myself. Like, I didn't even have time to go for a shower, let alone get into bed with somebody. I couldn't even shave, couldn't do anything like that, like, never had time but um now we just kind of do it when we can even Mm -hmm. if it's two minutes (laughs) do you feel like Like, you have to plan it yes Mm -hmm. and I hate that like I was gonna say I feel like that would I feel like if I knew something was coming I'd be like no thank you and it puts a dampener on the mood I think as well because I love nothing more than just like you know, you start Some a little spontaneous kissy, kissy. sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like more. Whereas now Michael will come into me while I'm like feeding Mallory and be like, hey, do you want to have sex later? And I'm like, oh man, like, yeah, I do. But you should have just done it. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, I literally text I Luke sex with a question mark. I really wasn't enjoying sex at all pretty much from Margot until Mallory. So like from when we had Margot till just recently after having Mallory, it felt very much like a chore for me and I really didn't want to do it. And part of that is what we were discussing before. Like I did not want to be touched. I did not want like what you were saying, Chloe Ferrari, that, you know, you don't want cuddles or literally nothing because you know that it's going to lead to sex and you just can't be like nothing made my skin crawl more than any kind of physical touch because I was so touched out, had a breastfeeding baby 24 seven, mm. no sleep. I was just depressed. Yeah. So that was with Margot. And then following into Mallory's pregnancy, obviously I've already spoken about that. And then um, after having her again, it kind of felt like, yeah, like a chore, didn't want to do it. But as of late, like we've really, I think been putting effort in, to yeah kind of making it spontaneous um and just I don't know we're both putting in more effort and it's really nice and it's putting like a lot of spark back into our relationship in general I don't know how that works but it does like so we're having good sex and our relationship is just I don't know it feels I love like that for you got better communication and we're just like nicer to each other and stuff you gotta let off some steam do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I definitely would if my partner wasn't deployed 90% of the time. <laughs> but actually, now that I think back to it, I actually think getting engaged was like the night that we had really, really good sex. Um, and then from then on, it's just been really, really good. So I don't know. It's like a little Hell love yeah. bubble again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But also I sometimes, I don't know if anyone else is the same, but I get really like nervous to like unleash my inner freak because I love get I love having sex and I love like getting down but I'm just like no I'm a mum now I won't say like nasty things (laughs) 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 anyways moving on no I mean (laughs) I think if you're in a relationship I mean look I am obviously very 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 single haven't had a date in like I literally not spoken to a man at all since like separating from my ex. But I think if you're in a long-term relationship, whether you have kids or not, bloody oath, just say what you want. And I feel like sometimes, you know, in the moment, obviously the hormones are, you know, kick in. Sometimes things come out of your mouth and then when the hormones have dropped down, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. But as long as you don't talk to me about it afterwards, about what I said in the bed, then exactly. it's fine. Yes. Don't try and speak to me like, oh yeah, when you said that, I'm like, shut up, shut the fuck up. Don't speak about it. <laughs> because that's literally how I am. Like Luke will say something to me during sex and then afterwards I'm like, don't even talk to me. Yes. I can't even, like I hate being called certain things and he says it to me and I'm like, oh, it turns him on so I'm just going to let him let him keep going and then I get, I'm done and I'm like, nah. no, nah. See, why I'm, did you say that to me? <laughs> I'm the provocator there. I say things and then afterwards I'm like, oh, sorry, Dahl's got a little bit heated there. Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention it. <laughs> Oh dear, that's funny. I'm really outing myself here as a little bit of a predator. I think poor Michael. Hopefully, Michael's family. I, I gra- I'm like, yeah, you want some of this sugar chicken? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean making noises? You know the gurgle. My throat does it 24 seven, and it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> How does it go? Especially because I'm drinking liquid, my throat's going to talk back. 
that was always my biggest fear of like, you know, when you're like freshly seeing someone and then you're just like sitting there quietly watching a movie and then your stomach or your throat just goes. <laughs> no, can't say that's ever happened to me. <laughs> oh my God. Happens to me all the time. Not, not the boy part, <laughs> not the dating bit. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> okay. okay so- feel free to tell us about your story. <laughs> So this oh was God, quite it's... a traumatic experience. Oh, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to disguise the noise. Um, yeah, so this morning we were going to daycare drop-off and we were in the car and I was driving and I see this little baby bird on the road. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go get it because it was like it wasn't moving. It was just sitting there. It was alive. And I was like, yes, okay. So I stopped the car and I got a rag out and Amara was watching. I won't. I wound on her window so she could like see. And she was like, oh, birdie, birdie, birdie. And then there was a car coming and I was like pointing to the bird on the road and the guy's like thumbs up. <laughs> I'm starting to laugh because it's actually quite dramatic. You can see where this like, is going. I don't like it. And he put it. his thumbs up and he was like pointing at it and I was like, Yep, and then he kept driving, and I think he tried to aim the car so that um, he went like over it, and it went through the middle. Oh, no. But he ran straight over the bird, like straight. <laughs> it's it went everywhere. It went everywhere, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he stopped the car, and he goes, "I ran over it, didn't I?" I was like, "Oh my yep. gosh!" And he's like, "I think the smart thing to do would have been to just stop." I was like, "You think, buddy?" And he's like, "I'm really sorry." I was like, "Yeah." And then Amara's sitting there, birdie fly, birdie fly, because its wing was like flapping backward and forwards. And I was like, oh, yes. my goodness. But um, we went to daycare and Amara told everybody about the birdie. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my gosh. God. I was going to say, what did you tell her? I just said it flew away. I don't know what to tell her. Like It was just sitting there on the road. And then when I drove back, it was gone. But I know it was dead because it, it was smushed. Yeah, it was smushed. That poor mm. little fluff ball. Gross <laughs> oh, and <laughs> so that's my morning. Okay, so let's get into some questions we asked on our Instagram to everybody. One being, when did you have sex postpartum? For me, I had it at, I think it was eight weeks postpartum. What about you guys? Did you guys? Wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. Possibly sometime around then. Um, I'm pretty sure I did wait for the six-week checkup because I did have an episiotomy and it was excruciating, like recovering from that. So Mm -hmm. I definitely waited and was really scared because of having those stitches there, like yikes. Yeah, I I was like literally like close to four months postpartum because I was terrified the first time. I really didn't want to do it. Like I looked at my stitches. No, didn't. Mm. I was, yeah, I was the same, terrified of them like splitting. And um. With Mallory, I think it was like, yeah, six weeks or seven weeks. Actually, the feeling of splitting that jogs um, my brain for the longest time, like for months and months and months. I on like I can't remember like what week we did end up having sex, but I do remember like for so long I felt like I was splitting. Like I genuinely yeah. – and maybe it was all in my head, but mm-hmm. I felt like – like I would immediately run to the bathroom and I thought I was like bleeding and there was nothing yeah. there. And check things. But yeah. I, like I could mm-hmm. see like the scar was there and it was almost, what do you call it? Like when it's like all in your head, well, I guess just psychological, but, or like phantom pain as if yeah. I felt myself being like ripped mm-hmm. open and it was, oh, just awful. Yeah. I think we definitely tried to have sex a couple of times before four months, but literally like just the tip. And I was like, no, get the fuck away from me. Oh. It killed. Yeah. It killed. 
and it yeah. would sting and it, yeah it's just not a yeah. nice feeling yuck thinking about it makes me yeah. sick <laughs> i'm like getting the pain now i'm like feeling like down there <laughs> that first time all over again so shall we read a few of the answers yes i'm very excited mm-hmm. to read some of these oh so many replies i like it yeah lots and lots of people so three weeks postpartum uh she felt that she was ready for sex and it was an important part of their relationship Mm -hmm. there's quite a few that say like six weeks eight weeks eight weeks four weeks postpartum slightly regretted it after c-section oh i wonder if that hurts i I wouldn't know because i've never had had two c-sections and she said that it still feels like very much the same as like what i described as having sex for the first time postpartum. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. We've got one six weeks first time, then again at 12 weeks, too painful as she had an episiotomy, which is the same as us. <laughs> I like this one. Six weeks, but not regularly. Both her mums got pregnant three months postpartum, so I was paranoid. <laughs> My two younger sisters are like Irish twins. They're nine months apart. Wow. So yeah, close. So I feel that one. There's one that says tried at roughly eight weeks and took it slow, but it was too uncomfortable, so we stopped. And then we tried again around 10 weeks, tried oh, tried again, and it was great. Mm. Four months postpartum due to a third-degree tear, then stitches getting infected. I was so Ooh. nervous about my stitches getting infected Ooh. when I had Margot. Like, I... I was more than happy for the midwives to check down there every single time they came to visit because they came quite Me a too. lot after Margot was born. I was the same. And because it, it, it like, obviously was my first time postpartum. So I didn't know if the smell was meant to be right, if the way that they were feeling was meant to be right, like how yeah. they looked, that yep. sort of so stuff. So I was legs yep. in the air mm-hmm. literally like every day being like, please, can you check? I'm really yeah, scared. I was like, sure, go for it. <laughs> I tried to get Luke to check them, but he just never would. So I had to do them myself with like a yes. camera and a I mirror. I took a picture and I showed Michael and he was like, that's fucking gross, which it was. <laughs> Two weeks with my first emergency C-section. Holy moly. Oh, my gosh. Another one. Had a C-section and had sex two weeks later. Mm. Aren't you still healing at that time, though? Like like stitch, stitches wise in your stomach? Gosh, I, I actually don't I don't, know. I don't know how C-sections. Me either, but I would imagine that it would be incredibly painful because C-sections are like a major surgery. Say. Sounds sore. I like this one. It's, um okay, we had a C-section, so legit like four weeks after. Our sex life has never been better or felt like we connect deeper now. And I don't know, after our fertility journey, it now feels less like a chore. That's really nice. Wow. Oh, that's I beautiful. Like that. I did find that with Amara because we were trying quite hard. Um, for Amara because of my endo and polycystic ovaries but we were like having sex like every single day and it literally felt mm-hmm. like a chore I think um, after that and after we had her and we got past like that stage of not being able to have sex because I was still recovering and then actually having sex Luke literally said to me he goes this is so much better because it's not like yeah. we're forced mm-hmm. to have sex with each other because we're trying to conceive a baby like with Elena we were so much more chill Um and if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. But Amara, we were literally, as soon as my window opened, it was like sex, sex, sex every single day, maybe like twice or three times a day. It was really Yeah, bad. I definitely, from memory, I'm pretty sure like three, four times daily, like when I was like ovulating. Yeah. There's another one here that says, my baby is almost 10 months and we haven't had sex since he was conceived. Ha ha. Yeah, that's totally fair enough. I don't, 
I do not blame mm-hmm. them. You do what you need. So this one says, first was not until six months as my partner was deployed after birth. That's rough. Second, not until three months. Wow. Yeah. I feel that. Deployment's hard. I hate this. I feel really, really sad for anyone who's writing things like this in our question box. Two weeks because I was forced. That's awful. That makes me oh. so sad and angry. Sick. And angry, yes. We have come to the end of episode one and we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to head over to our Facebook group, which is in the link in our bio on Instagram and discuss anything that we've mentioned in this episode. We want to thank you for your support in listening to our podcast. We really appreciate all the feedback, all the follows, all the rates we're getting. And we do ask that if you did love our podcast, please follow along by pressing the follow button and giving us a rate. It really helps us out in getting our podcast out there.